Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Oh, How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. It's good to be king. If you don't believe me, just ask the king himself, LeBron James, who's now moving on to Los Angeles to be a Laker. Plus, the Yankees. They're good, but how good? Good enough to be in a World Series? And a word of advice to all of you on the left and the right. Get some common sense, will you? Like I said, listen up, because you're all going to want to get a load of this. All right. For those of you who may have seen, or maybe you didn't see, the movie The History of, of the World Part 1, it was a classic. And one of the classic lines in that movie was delivered by the great Mel Brooks when he looks right at you into the camera and says, It's good to be king. That was back in 1981. So now let us fast forward to uh, 2018. And again, we can say, it's good to be king. Damn good. Only this time, the king is the best player in all of basketball, LeBron James. Arguably, perhaps a lot of people feel the greatest basketball player of all time. But for the third time in his brilliant career, it is King James taking advantage of free agency. First time, as you know, was going from Cleveland, the team that drafted him, to Miami. Second time was going from Miami back to Cleveland, where he delivered his championship to the hometown. And now, for the third time, King James leaves Cleveland for Los Angeles signing a four-year deal, call it a three-plus-one, that one being a player's option. The deal is worth 154 million simoleons. Breaking that down, that is $38.5 million per season. Like I said, it is damn good to be king. Now, part of me feels bad for Cleveland. You know, I'm not a Cavs fan. Never have been, never will be. But for the second time, they lose the best player in the game. And like I said, arguably for many, and it's hard to argue, the best player of all time. You don't replace the best. So once again, for lack of a better term, the Cleveland Cavaliers are screwed. But hey, free agency is part of the game. It's part of professional sports. So LeBron is simply playing by the rules. And I'm going to give LeBron credit. 
He's going to the Lakers. That means he's going to the Western Conference, a better conference than the East. There is no argument there. If you're a basketball fan, I mean, it just is what it is. West is best. And he's also going to the Pacific Division, the very same division of the reigning two-time NBA champion Golden State Warriors, who show no signs at all of slowing down. So it's it certainly is a huge challenge for LeBron to try and get to his ninth straight NBA Finals because to get there, that road has to go through Golden State. And that's a tougher road than he's ever faced before to get to a final. Now, some of you might be saying, whoa, 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 hey, Russ, slow down. It's not hard to accept that challenge when a team is paying you 38.5 million simoleons per season. And I understand if you feel that way. But you have to understand this. I will bet you that LeBron doesn't even touch his NBA paychecks. Seriously, doesn't even touch them. With what LeBron makes in his endorsements, I'll bet you his team paychecks go directly into the bank. The point I'm making is that for LeBron James, this move to the Lakers is not based on money, which most of the time the bottom line is money. This time it's based on what LeBron believes is a chance to win another title. It's also Los Angeles, major, major market, glitz and glamour, Hollywood. He has homes there, mansions there. He has businesses, a production company. It is the right fit for LeBron James. So good for LeBron and good for the Lakers. Will it pay off? Will it pay off for the Lakers getting back to glory? Will it pay off for LeBron delivering another championship? As always, that remains to be seen. But you can't blame LeBron for going there. And I've heard, well, it's greed over greatness. Bullshit. The guy is playing by the rules. He's not a dog. He plays his ass off all the time. He's a tremendous leader. He's a tremendous player. From the time he came into the league. I mean, quite frankly, the only blemish he made... You know, people didn't like when he first left Cleveland the first time. Eh, You know, it's his hometown, blah, 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 yada, yada. Well, you know what? I don't necessarily buy that. He played hard. He had a chance to go someplace else. He was a free agent. He did so. What he made wrong, what he did wrong that first time was, you know, the decision. You know, saying it on TV with the interview with this and that. It was a PR mess. And quite frankly, that's the only blemish that I think LeBron James has had in his his entire career. He handles himself well. He speaks well. But listen, hey, he went to Miami. He delivered. He went back home to Cleveland. He delivered. Now we're just going to have to wait and see if he's going to be able to deliver again. It's going to be interesting.
But now the question is, what kind of team will LeBron have around him? That's a big question. You know, there had been a lot of speculation that the Lakers were also going to be getting Kawhi uh, Leonard and Paul George. But you can cross off Paul George's name, which was a shock to many. George signing a four-year deal similar to um, uh, LeBron, you know, a three-plus-one for the player's option for $137 million to stay with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, a lot of people had – it was a foregone conclusion. I mean, it, because Paul George uh, is from Los Angeles. So everybody – Everybody was saying Paul George. I mean, Paul George was almost a sure bet to go to uh, L.A. before LeBron. But that didn't happen. And quite frankly, I was kind of glad about that. Um, I I didn't like whether Kawhi Leonard ends up uh, going in a trade. That's fine. But when they were talking about LeBron and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George all going I didn't like that, and I'll tell you why I didn't like that. You know, maybe I'm old school, and if I am, which I am, so be it. But I don't like, it's especially in basketball, I, I didn't like the idea of signing not one, not two, get, but getting three superstars, because all three of them are, the king being the star of su- superstars, but all three of them, Leonard and, and George as well, you would get all three and automatically transform your team from a loser to a big-time winner because, you know, basketball is unlike the other sports. There's five guys. There's five guys on a basketball court at one time. And when you get three stars like that one time, I mean, that makes an automatic difference. It, it's different than if you're doing it on the gridiron, and it's different if you're doing it on the diamond. You get three guys. You know, I, I just, I, yeah. again, I'm old school. I don't like the idea of just going in and and just buying guys and turning it around one, two, three. They got LeBron, that's fine. And if they get Kawhi Leonard, God bless them, that's fine too. But all the talk was it was going to be, you know, really, a lot of people thought it was going to be Paul George. In fact, did I ever get a kick out of watching ESPN when it was announced that Paul George was staying with Oklahoma City? It, it was. Let's see who was on it. It was Brian Winhorst, uh, Winhurst, uh, Ramona Shelburne, Rachel Nichols. And I forget the fourth person. Now, understand, don't get me wrong, folks. All of these people know their stuff very, very well. But all of them, in particular Winhurst, I mean, they were downright, downright apoplectic over Paul George signing for, I quote, only $137 million. Only $137 million while not even meeting with the Lakers. I mean, just about every NBA expert had George, an L.A. native, as I said, going back home. But instead, he chooses to stay 
with the small market thunder. You know, they were saying he could have gotten a deal in excess of $200 million. Uh, I'm telling you, the ESPN crew went nuts. They could not believe that he went for just $137 million and the thunder. Without even meeting with the Lakers. Well, how about this? George likes the Thunder. He likes playing with a pretty good player by the name of Russell Westbrook. And he likes Oklahoma City. And let's see now. $137 million. That's not exactly what you would call chump change. Maybe in your world, but certainly not in my world. Okay, not chump change, chump change at all. I hear it all the time from fans and colleagues in the media. Why would this guy do that? Why would that guy do that? Well, you know what, folks? We're not them. We shouldn't try to think for them. What makes you happy doesn't necessarily make somebody else happy. And besides, if you can't be happy earning $137 million, what the hell is going to make you happy? So LeBron James will not have Paul George. So maybe the road gets a little tougher for uh, LeBron to turn things around in Los Angeles. I mean, right now he's got Lonzo Ball. You know, young Lonzo Ball. Just finished his first year. You know, terrific talent. Uh, I kind of wonder, it's just me. And who knows, folks, by the time you hear this, because, you know, I'm taping it uh, a few days before it gets posted. By the time you hear this, uh, who knows, there could be another deal. Maybe Leonard will be a Laker. Maybe somebody's going to be traded to, you know, well, somebody's going to have to be traded for him to become a Laker. Who knows if a guy like Lonzo Ball is involved in that trade? Here's the interesting thing I I think about when I think about LeBron James going to the Lakers. Lonzo Ball, you know, fine by me, but... We know what Lonzo Ball's father's like, LeVar Ball. Guy's a moron. You know, he's a blowhard. He embarrasses himself, which, well, maybe I should have correct myself. I don't think he can embarrass himself. But he certainly embarrasses his family. You know, um, his sons are the players. He's not. You know, with that nonsense, or he could do this, play one-on-one with Michael Jordan. Shut up. Taking the the Lakers' uh, medical staff to task. Shut up. Nobody has gotten him to shut up. But I do not think the king, LeBron James, will put up with LeVar Ball's bullshit. That I do not see happening in no way, shape, or form. So there's going to have to be some kind of meeting of the minds someplace. And I will bet you dollars to donuts. I will bet that in their discussion, Magic Johnson, in his recruitment of uh, LeBron James, in the discussion, Lonzo Ball and Daddy Ball had to be brought up. 
you know, how do we deal with this? Or I don't want to put up with this. Let, let me say one other thing. And I, I take nothing away from Magic Johnson. Happened to be a Magic Johnson fan. Oh, oh, always was. I mean, I just love a guy. I loved when he played, even though I wasn't a Lakers fan. Because just I love guys who play with, with passion and fire and a smile on their face. And, and um, Magic always had that. So now he's an executive. I don't think it was hard to get LeBron James to come to the Lakers. Okay, don't don't think it was hard at all. Uh, simply because I think in LeBron's mind that was where he was going all the time. I think if he would have gone someplace else, I would have had to have really patted uh, whoever that GM was going to be on the back. But LeBron, to me, had it in his mind he was going to the Lakers. I, I will tell you this. If there was one place, and again, as I just said to you, you can't think for somebody else. And like I said, it's L.A., it's the glitz, it's the glamour. You know, it's he's got homes there. I mean, the fit makes sense. There's been other great players who didn't start out there, who went there and had championship careers. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Shaq. It, you know, great players went there. But um, I thought possibly, I thought possibly an interesting fit would have been the 76ers. Now, Philadelphia is not glamorous like L.A., Okay. But, you know, there's something about Philly. It's super, super passionate fans. And they got a young team with some superb young talent. Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons, uh, you know, uh, Marco Fultz. And they got, they got players there. Now, you might have been the question, well, you know, how could... Ben Simmons and and uh, LeBron coexist. You know who's going to get the ball, this and that. I, and I understand all that, but I'll tell you what, they are they have. I mean, it's a moot point now because he's a Laker. But um, that would have been interesting to see. But now we're going to wait and find out, see what's interesting, how this team is put together. I I think. Boy, Kawhi Leonard would be great with him. He can knock down his shots. He's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous talent. Uh, and he's going to need LeBron. They're going to need to put some more shooters on that team. And, uh, you know, I I'll tell you this. I would not bet against LeBron delivering another championship. I just want to see. Um, what kind of team Magic puts around him. What I did think was funny, you know, I don't know if it's true or it's not. There had been denials that LeBron had texted Kevin Durant saying, hey, why don't we both go to the Lakers? I mean, Really? You know, that just left me scratching my head. 
And, and you know, like I said before, uh, they play by it, it, it. Let's let's. I'm just talking hypotheticals now because that's what you always do during this free agency stuff. And again, if that would have happened, they would have been playing by the rules. But really, it, like like I said before about just buying three guys, you know, uh, you know, w- w- with the speculation of LeBron, George, and Kawhi going to. Um, the Lakers. That had been the mud speculation. Of course, you know, George is by the wayside staying with OKC. But can you imagine the two biggest superstars in basketball just deciding, you know, that, that's the part of the free agency that I don't like. It's by the rules. I mean, I'm just having fun talking about it. But, um, you know, KD is staying in Golden State. And let me tell you something. Uh, for LeBron to deliver, for LeBron to deliver a championship, that is going to take some big time work. Because as I said, he lives in the same division, the same division as the two time reigning champion, Golden State Warriors. Going to take a lot of work to dethrone them. Because they ain't going any place too soon. That's a championship roster, and I don't see it being dismantled. So, you know, LeBron accepted the challenge. He is now a Los Angeles Laker, and we can wish LeBron James good luck. But he has his work cut out for him. There is no question at all about that. Now, having said that, here's another question. Let's let's go from the hard court onto the diamond, okay? Let's talk some baseball business. I, I brought this up to a point where we were talking about the Yankees, and why shouldn't we talk about we talked about the Yankees last week and why shouldn't we? They are a red hot sexy team. They play in New York, the biggest market of all. They play under the biggest spotlight of all, and they are an exciting young team. But they're they're not just good. They're very, very good. But are they good enough to get to the World Series? And based upon the way it's constituted right now, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. Listen, they have a very, very, to say potent is an understatement. They have an awesome attack. I mean, they are a powerhouse. They are a modern-day murderer's row, and they're young. I mean, you look at what this team is doing. They're, they're young. You got two rookies who, who have been lights out for them this year. Gleba Torres is, is not good. He's sensational. You know, as as I'll steal a line from... 
uh, my old friend Bill Parcells, you know, when he, we'd all get excited about some young player, he would go, well, let's not put him in Canton just yet. Let, let, let's not put his bust in Canton just yet, meaning the, you know, Football Hall of Fame. So I, I'm not, I'll steal that and say, well, let's not put Gleba Torres in Cooperstown just yet. But this kid is tremendous. And Miguel Andohar has been terrific. They're rookies. Gary Sanchez is hurt, but, but you know, he's a young guy. And even though he was batting a buck 90, he still had his, what the hell did he have when he got hurt? Where's my notes here? I'll tell you in a second. He, he had something like um, 14 homers and 41 runs batted in. And this is a guy who's been hurt. You know, so to me, uh, and, and Aaron Judge, I mean, they're young. This is a young, young team. They're very, very good. And their their bullpen is terrific. And they got their ace, Luis Severino, is everything you want an ace to be. He's got the talent. And he's got the makeup. And and he's got the makeup without being cocky. He's he's just he's ferocious in his his approach. He wants to be the best. Not li- not like you know he's an egotistical character. He just wants to be the best. You can't teach people. I've always said this in all. You can't teach people courage. Either you have it or you don't. He can teach people, you know, about leadership, but flat out courage. I mean, you know, like there are certain people who want the basketball with the clock winding down in crunch time and and you're down one or you're down two and they want they want the ball to make the shot. In football, they want to be the guy to catch the touchdown. They want to be the guy to throw the touchdown in baseball. You want to be the guy to be up in the bottom of the ninth inning with two men on and your team is down by two. And you want to be the pitcher on the mound. Luis Severino is that guy. He wants to be the guy in crunch time situations. I mean, I I really enjoy watching him. And he was great. He was great the other night against the Red Sox. You know, in another lopsided that, that series. By the way, that series stunk. I guess if you're a Yankee fan, the fact that they took two out of three, that was great. But you, you know, that series stunk, and that, that's why I'm getting to this point. I mean, you had the Yankees winning eight-one. They come back the Red Sox and win eleven nothing, and then they go ahead. Uh, uh, Yankees bounce back and win eleven-one. But for two teams. With tremendous records within the same division, the great rivalry, arguably. I mean, the Yankees-Red Sox are arguably the best rivalry in all the sports. Certainly one of the best. Really hard to argue that situation. Okay? But that that series, ah, it it was like three blowouts. I didn't like that. And what I really didn't like is the fact that, once again, Sonny Gray could not get the job done. 
I'll get to the Red Sox and David Price in a second. But, you know, we're talking about the team in our town, so I'm talking about the Yankees. And I'm my the way I believe if you are going to the World Series from the American League, the road to get there has to go through Houston, Texas. Has to go through Houston, Texas. You're going to have to go through the defending World Series champion Astros. And in the World Series, or not just the World Series, in the postseason, before you get to the World Series, in the postseason, pitching wins. You can have your loaded lineup, which the Yankees do, and the Yankees will stay loaded. I mean, they they will stay loaded. You know, Aaron Hicks hits three home runs the other night. Greg Bird hits two bombs the other night. And these aren't the main guys. It is a loaded team. But remember what happened? Remember why the Yankees did not get to the World Series last season? It was because of pitching. It was because of pitching by those Houston Astros. So for the Yankees to get to the World Series... Cashman is going to have to get a starting pitcher. And not just a starting pitcher to fill gaps. A front-line starting pitcher. He's going to have to do some dealing. Now, he has merchandise to deal. He's got young players to deal. He's got young talent on the farm to deal He also has it in his lineup. I mean, listen, folks, you can't stand Pat. You want to take your chances? If you're going to tell tell me today, say, hey, Russ, I don't want them doing anything. I I want this team as it stands to go ahead. Well, that's fine. Then you take your chance. I'm just telling you, Russ Salzberg, from my perspective, I don't think this team with their pitching – they're starting pitching gun. Go ahead and take care of business in the postseason. Because pitching wins in the postseason. It just does. And I'll tell you what, what I'm saying to you now, I guarantee you there are some Red Sox fans saying the same damn thing. Because David Price can be David Price. Okay? For the Red Sox. And I watched David David Price was just as bad as Sonny Gray was. I mean, it was embarrassing. It looked like the Yankees were having batting practice. So I guarantee you the Red Sox are saying the same damn thing. They are. Yankees are going to have to make a deal. And I know there are people... Uh, and and why I also say that, and I, I brought this up, folks. If you remember last week, and, and I'm I'm sticking to my guns on this. I'm not going to change. 
Yankees live by power. That's their game. And, and, you know, it's hard to dispute a team that, you know, after 81 games is in, in first place in the American League East, okay? We're tied for first place with the Red Sox. It's very hard to knock that. But you live by the power, you can die by the power or the shortage of it. And what gives you the shortage? I'll tell you what gives you the shortage. Opposing pitching. Yankees do not play small ball. And again, in the postseason, you need to manufacture runs. Believe me, I'm not looking at this as don't don't consider oh Russ is saying and you know making like it's a glass half full uh, attitude, uh, half empty as opposed to half full. No, that that's not my attitude. I'm I'm being realistic here. They have to go ahead and make a deal. They are not a small ball team. So if you're going to go swing and a miss or home run, swing and a miss or home run, you're going to live like that. That's a big gamble. So you need pitching to match pitching. You need pitch. I think the Yankees are a fun, fun team to watch. They also have a great, a great, uh, it's just a great clubhouse and attitude. Really good people. I mean, they were very, very, I, I have was not raised a Yankee fan. You guys know that. I was, listen, I'm an old Brooklyn, I'm an old Dodgers fan. I mean, really, the Koufax Dodgers, the Davis brother Dodgers in the 60s, Dreiser, those were my guys. Maury Wills was my favorite player. But this Yankee lineup is a fun, fun team. A very, very easy team to like. And I would like to see them win it all. But if they're going to win it all, they're going to have to do it. With an improved starting staff. And to go ahead and make that happen, they're going to have to make some deals. Or at least a deal. They need a frontline guy. Not some half-assed, I don't need a, a number three or a number four in the back end of the rotation. I mean, they got to go out and get themselves a number two. They have the goods to be able to wheel and deal. They do. They have the goods to be able to wheel and deal. So go get it. Brian and Cash knows it. So go do it. Listen. This is not a knock at Giancarlo Stanton. I didn't even think they needed Stanton when they got him. And as I look at the way this team is constituted, they'd be doing great without him. And that that's not a knock. I mean, the, guy, the guy's going to put up big numbers when the season is all said and done. Okay? But they got power. They need the pitching. And they need another very, very good starter. I I think 
If they get another very good starter, I'd say rock and roll, I, I'd make them the team, the team to beat. But until they get that other very good starter in the American League, the team to beat for me remains the Houston Astros. Until that time, prove me different. Prove prove me wrong. I mean, here's another thing about, you know, you talk about pitching. The Yankees, listen, it's pretty much, you know, foregone conclusion, all right, unless somebody has a collapse of monumental collapses. Either the Yankees or the Red Sox, one of the two, are going to be in a wild card. One of the two are going to be be playing in a wild card. That's a one-game crapshoot. All right? That's a one-game crapshoot. So let me pose this to you. You are the Yankees. All right? And you and the Red Sox, they're going to go at it Nose to nose, my gut feeling, nose to nose, tooth and nail, right down to the end of the season. Suppose it's the last game in the season. Let me ask you this. Suppose it's the last game in the season. You got a chance to win the division. You need that last game in the season. Your ace, Luis Severino, is available. Do you pitch Luis Severino to win the division? Knowing that if you lose, you're in the wild card. But if you lose that last game with Luis Severino, you don't have him to pitch the one-game crapshoot in the wild card. Or do you go the other way? Say, listen, let's see who we have Let's see. Let's try and win this without him because if we got that one game crapshoot, we need our best guy going. That's why the Yankees need to make a deal. My my personal opinion: if they were in that situation, you go with Severino to win the division. But then you have another strong arm for that crapshoot wild card game because that's what it's going to be. It's going to have to be that. Pitching, pitching, pitching. All this power is very sexy, but the Yankees need another starting pitcher. Let's see if Cashman can go ahead and get it. All right. One final thing I want to discuss, because quite frankly, folks, it left me scratching my head. I've been called a lot of things, but naive is never one of them. Last week on this podcast, I took... Peter Fonda to task over making a comment about, uh, you know, he, he tweeted something out that Baron Trump should be ripped from his mother's arms and locked in a cage with pedophiles. I'm almost, I'm almost hesitant about bringing it up now because it's going to create the same crap. But I have to say what I'm going to say. So I brought this up, and I thought it was simple common sense what I said. I I cannot rationalize anybody taking me to task for saying what I said. I would say that about you, 
your family, anybody else, who makes an idiotic remark about something like that, about a child being ripped from his mother's arms and put in a cage with pedophiles? Well, let me tell you something. The vitriol, the anger, the sick, twisted shit that I heard from fans, you know, on Facebook, boggled my mind. I'm in ba- and, and believe me, folks, you talk to a guy who grew up a Democrat. I voted for Hillary. But people were taking me to task. Russ, why do you give a crap about some old B actor? Well, why don't you care about the five journalists who were killed in Maryland by a shooter? What the F are you talking about? What the hell does that have to do with anything? And you then it you go from from my remark you go into immigration and then you call in the president a Nazi and and Hitler what the hell are you talking about? I was shocked. I made a simple remark. I would say that about anybody, just like I said about Roseanne Barr. She lost the job. She should have lost the job. Corey Lewandowski was a schmuck making fun of somebody with Down syndrome. Taken to task. Should have been taken to task. But you're taking me to task over criticizing somebody for making an idiotic remark about taking a child, putting a child in a cage with pedophiles. And let me tell you something, any asshole out there, I don't care if you hate our president. If you want to hate him, that's fine. I'm not in love with him by any way, shape, or form. But he's still the president. But if if you don't like him, that's fine. You're going to talk about taking his son and putting him in a cage with a pedophile. And on top of it, he happens to be a kid uh, on the spectrum with autism, just to add to it. I, I'm telling you, folks, it's, it's for, I had to block people. I thought it, it, it became insane. I mean, people went off the rails. They were bringing up stances about. This and racism. What are you talking about? I was talking about a child. Okay? being A guy said, the schmuck, Peter Fonda said, should be put in a cage. Put in a cage with pedophiles. I was angered over that. I don't care who the person was. I don't care if it was a bum on the street. In this world of social media today, because I see all the crap that goes on social media, in the world of social media today, it's real easy to light a fire. So I take that person to task, and I'm the bad guy. Don't deflect 
you know, because you don't like the president or you don't like the politics, that's fine. Go ahead and criticize that, and that's your God-given right. God bless you for doing it. Stand up. But don't you, you're going to take me to task? You're going to criticize over a remark that some a-hole made, and I'm the bad guy? People on both sides of the fence, all sides of the fence, left, right, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, you all need to find some common sense. And you all need to open. No, not just you can hear, but you can't just hear. You have to listen. If you're just going to talk about what you want to hear. And nobody else, nothing in this country is ever gonna, ever going to be solved. You'll bitch and moan and bitch and moan, but you won't solve anything. So you better get a hold of some common sense and listen up. Because that's why the country is fractured right now. Nobody is listening. Everybody's talking, but nobody's listening. And that's why the divide is as wide as it is. All right? So having said that, I'd like to thank all of you for listening up and getting a load of me today. Now I'd like to, as I always say, get a load of you, so why don't you let me know your thoughts? You can go to at uh, Russ Salzberg on Twitter or on Facebook and uh, let me know what you think. And maybe I'll read or, you know, talk about your comments, the best one or two on the air next week. My thanks, as always, to uh, 77 WABC Program Director Craig Schwab. I'd like to thank Assistant Program Director Matt Dahl. As always, the OG Podcast Network. And, of course... You people out there, because without you wonderful people out there, whether you agree with me or disagree with me, without you, I'd have nobody to talk to. So until next time on Get a Load of This, it is yours truly, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.